Albert Einstein, Richard Branson, Bill Gates, John F. Kennedy, Tony Robbins, Michael Phelps, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of industries. What else do they have in common? Well, they all have ADHD, but you don't hear much about that, do you? You know what you hear even less about? The successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka. I'm an attorney, not a doctor, a lifelong student, not a coach. I'm also the creator of Cortography, a patent-pending system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your superpowers, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest superpowers. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, I am Tracy Otsuka, and welcome to episode six of ADHD for Smartass Women which is going to be all about ADHD and entrepreneurialism. You know, I have been fascinated by this subject because I have been entrepreneurial for as long as I can remember. So the first business I ever decided to start was a Christmas card business where in January, I bought this big Christmas card kit and I went door to door selling Christmas cards. First of all, I can't believe my parents let me do that. And my parents were pretty strict and pretty careful, but I guess it was just a different time and people maybe weren't as aware as they would be today. I'm hoping and I believe that my timing got a little better since then. So I wasn't so successful selling Christmas cards in January. And I think it took my third door before someone came out and they said, uh, your timing's really bad because Christmas just ended and I'm not even thinking about Christmas at this point. I don't want to think about it. After that, I had a, a business where I crocheted shawls, snoods, which are those um, those things that you put over a bun you know, in your hair leg warmers, and this was all for ballet dancers that were in my ballet school. After that, I had a little jewelry business. Do you remember feather earrings? And when I went to college, I started a little business. Um, It was an aerobics company. I then, you know, went to law school and I was a lawyer for about five years, but I, you know, it wasn't that I hated law. I was a federal prosecutor and I would be locked into, you know, I love the depositions part where I was actually talking to people and dealing with people. But most of the time I was locked in a room with a big old box of financial statements. And it wasn't that I hated that job. I just knew that I was bored and there were so many other things that I would rather have done or, you know, would have rather been spending my time doing. So I started a women's wear line, knew nothing about the women's wear industry or fashion other than I liked it. And 60% of our business was Saks, Neiman's and Nordstrom. And I really liked that, but it took inordinate amount of time and having to create, you know, five lines every year. It is a very, very difficult business, but I did enjoy it and I'm glad I did it. And then of course I was in real estate for 15 plus years, which is very entrepreneurial. And I now have cartography. So I loved 
entrepreneurialism from as long as I can remember, just because of the creativity. You know, there was something new every single day. Every day was different. And if I wanted to work into the middle of the night, I could do that. I also got to run the show and I got to make a lot of decisions. And every day, again, there were decisions about different things. I also really like entrepreneurs just as people. And it took me a while to figure out that that's where most of my friends come from. There's something about their personalities, right? They go big, they're bold, they're tenacious. And, you know, over the last couple of years, I have amassed friends all over the world who run online and offline businesses. And I've just really been attracted to those sorts of people. I think it's their energy. And most of them feel very ADHD to me. So I wanted to explore the connection between ADHD and entrepreneurialism. Now, we have these ADHD traits and symptoms, which include hyperactivity, distractibility, impulsivity, right? So if you're hyperactive, you can't sit still. And usually the hyperactive Activity isn't just in your body, but it's also in your mind. You've got all these ideas running through your head, your high energy, you don't need a lot of sleep. Then there's distractibility, the second ADHD trait, where you have problems focusing because there's so much that you're interested in. And then impulsivity. We often do the first thing that comes into our minds. We don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. We usually don't talk ourselves out of a lot of things. If we want to do something, we kind of jump in. We're all in. We're sort of fearless. And we make decisions very quickly because of that. So these symptoms, hyperactivity, distractibility, and impulsivity, you know, they can make it difficult to get through school or to work in a corporation. But these are the exact qualities that may make people with ADHD more well-suited for entrepreneurship than those without ADHD. And I believe that there is definitely a positive association between ADHD symptoms and entrepreneurial orientation. And if you look at the statistics, they're kind of insane because they're sort of all over the place, but I have seen stats that state that 50% of all entrepreneurs have ADHD. I've seen stats that say that there's a three times higher likelihood that if you're an entrepreneur, you also have ADHD. I've seen stats that say there's a six times higher likelihood of of having ADHD if you're an entrepreneur. Garrett Laporto, who wrote the book, The Da Vinci Method, and he's got like a system too. He states that adults with ADHD are 300% more likely to start or own their own companies than people without ADHD. I also shared uh, Thomas Hartman's hunter versus farmer theory in a previous podcast. And Hartman argues that there's nothing defective with the ADHD brain. We're just leftover hunters in a farmer-driven world. And he believes that entrepreneurs are just leftover hunters. He also believes that all entrepreneurs have some degree of ADHD, that that's where you know, the hunters have gone to entrepreneurialism in today's modern world. And, you know, to follow up with his belief that all entrepreneurs have some degree of ADHD, remember that ADHD symptoms exist on a spectrum or a continuum, meaning that no two ADHD brains are alike. And so symptoms completely vary in type and severity from person to person. So, I wanted to explore what could explain the positive association between ADHD and entrepreneurialism. Number one, those of us with ADHD, we may have struggled in school, you know, and maybe we couldn't get to college or we couldn't get to a good enough college. And it's not because we're not smart, but because we can't operate in the current school system, which basically teaches to only two out of the seven types of intelligence. And I just read several articles about how those students with the best grades 
they don't do as well out in the real world as the B and C students. And I think Steve Jobs had a 2.6 GPA, by the way. And that means that if you struggle in school, if you can't go to college, you know, if your grades aren't good enough in college, you're, there are certain jobs that you can't get. Beyond all that, working a nine to five probably isn't a match for our symptoms to begin with. So what we do is we look for self-employment, which offers us a better shot at capitalizing on our strengths while also minimizing the impact of our weaknesses. Second of all, people with ADHD are nothing if not resilient. You know, we don't give up. And I think it's that perseverance that's responsible for the grit that we develop in school, you know or outside of school, which is really necessary if we're going to weather the challenges and setbacks of any entrepreneurial venture. Third of all, advances in neuroscience reveal a hereditary neurological basis for ADHD. So Thomas Hartman, I think he's right. We're just leftover hunters who use the novelty-seeking and risk-taking as a way to increase the dopamine in our brains. We can't go into a cave with tigers and bears, but we can build a business with lots of novelty-seeking and risk-taking. We just love the thrill of the hunt. Now, there are very few studies on entrepreneurs, and sadly, research on the potential benefits of ADHD are pretty much non-existent. And I personally think that's because 90% of the research on ADHD has been done by pharmaceutical companies. Why would they have any impetus whatsoever to point a spotlight on anything but the negative attributes of ADHD? I mean, they want us to buy their drugs. That said, I found one very small study from John Wickland out of Syracuse University that was conducted in 2016. And this is what he discovered. So first of all, he looked at impulsivity, which was acting without thinking. And what he said was that your neurotypical person, or what he discovered was that your neurotypical person, when faced with acting without thinking, they're probably going to respond with anxiety and inaction. They're not going to do anything because, you know, they look at it and they're like, this is against my better judgment. But those of us with ADHD who are impulsive, we can act even in the face of uncertainty. Acting without thinking is also associated with greater intuitive decision-making. I always talk about <laughs> how I um, have such good intuition and I have such, I, I call it interpersonal intuition, especially around people. Um, and I think the reason I have really good intuition is because I couldn't always rely on my brain. So I had to strengthen, you know, other things like my intuition to help me make better decisions. So we can calculate decisions really quickly, and they're not based on statistics. They're typically not based on figures and numbers, but they're based on our gut. Okay, so that was acting without thinking under impulsivity. The second thing under impulsivity is impatience, right? Impatience was seen as a key trigger for engaging in new behaviors at work. And it's no surprise that ADHD entrepreneurs were easily bored with routine and the status quo. So what Wickland found was that those feelings of impatience, that's what keep, in, 
keep entrepreneurs constantly looking for new opportunities. And that makes them really proactive. You know, several entrepreneurs reported that all they did was work and sleep and they enjoyed it. Their impatience at moving their business forward served them really well. They liked being really busy. And if you're hyperactive, being really busy, you know, is not a bad thing, especially if you're really busy in things that are actually building your self-confidence and moving you forward. The third, novelty seeking. This is all under um, impulsiveness, impulsivity. Um, ADHD entrepreneurs also enjoyed and pursued activities that are exciting, and they were constantly open to try new things, even if they were kind of risky or dangerous. These ADHD entrepreneurs, they tended to put more weight on the upside potential than on the downside risk. They reported feeling at ease and stimulated in situations that may cause anxiety for others. You know, they're not afraid to fail. They actually thrive in times of crisis. And, you know, this past week I was actually in a mastermind and I was, I guess over the last couple of weeks, I've constantly been using the word failure. Like, you know, well, I failed at this and I failed at that. And the woman who runs the mastermind said to me, I want you to quit using those words because, you know, you're beating yourself up about that. And I said to her, no, you don't understand. I see failure as a total positive because the more times I fail, the closer I'm getting to to success. So I really believe in constantly failing and that that's what's going to move me forward and get me to figure out what works, right? So anyway, acting without thinking is linked with intuitive decision-making, okay? And impatience, this was John Wickland's theory, impatience is related to proactiveness. And then novelty-seeking was associated with risk-taking. ADHD entrepreneurs in the study also reported that they basically had higher energy levels, higher work capacities, and less of a need for sleep than their other non-ADHD um, peers. Okay, so then let's look at flexibility as far as, you know, what is so attractive about entrepreneurialism to those of us with ADHD. So, we are drawn to the flexibility. You know, one of the largest advantages of operating your own business is the flexibility. I think I mentioned that when I was talking about my ventures. The fact that you can build your business around yourself and what works for you is just huge. You know, we don't like to be told what to do. In fact, the trick that I always tell people who don't have ADD is if you want, if you want to get me to do something that I don't want to do, the trick is that you have to pretend or make me believe that your idea is my idea, and then I can jump onto it. So, for example, if you hate meetings, you can build a business where there are no meetings. You know, you can make your own hours. If you want to, you know, have a flexible schedule, you can say, okay, people can come in at nine o'clock or they can come in at noon, you know, just so long as you get the work done. Most ADHD entrepreneurs that I know, myself included, we also work very late into the night. You know, I say all the time, I, you know, I hear that, oh, people with ADHD have problems sleeping. I don't have a problem sleeping at all. Once my, my head hits the pillow, I'm totally fine. My problem is getting myself into bed at a reasonable hour because there is always something more that I want to research. There's always something more that I want to work on. I am interested in so many things. And so I will start working on something at 10 o'clock and then I will look up thinking, oh, maybe it's 1130 or maybe midnight and it's four in the morning. I mean, that happens to me more than I care to admit. 
Wickland's study also suggested that ADHD entrepreneurs were not worried about what will or might happen. And I can so relate to this. We are driven by an internal sense of what is appropriate to do. And what is appropriate for us to do is for us to act and seek novelty. We're not about thinking or waiting. Okay, what else did he come up with? Well, non, and you know what? I don't even know if he came up with this or if this is more just through my research and just thinking about my own self and other entrepreneurs that I know. Um, we're nonlinear thinkers, right? So we may seem scattered because we're constantly coming up with ideas and comments that seem like they're coming out of left field, but this is actually distractibility and it's a sign of um, nonlinear thinking, which is why people with ADHD, we can often take disparate ideas and put them together in new and novel ways. We're highly creative and we can see the pieces, we can see many pieces of a problem often all at the same time. I don't know who said this, but I totally agree and believe this, that creativity is actually impulsivity gone right. And this is a trait that entrepreneurs like Richard Branson credit their extreme success to. One last thing I want to mention, the flip side to distractibility is hyperfocus. So when you're interested and you slip into hyperfocus, your concentration is so steady that you can look up from your work and discover that oh my word, four hours have gone by and it feels like 15 minutes. What Wickland's research suggests, and this makes total sense to me, that is in order to be a successful ADHD entrepreneur, make sure that you have work that is related to your area of hyperfocus. Because we know what happens to us when we hyperfocus, right? Yeah, we become the best expert in our subject because we're so interested and we're so passionate about it. We're also willing to put in the time because we don't even notice time, right? When we're interested, time just flies by. We're also persistent. We don't give up, which brings us back to why more than the neurotypical population, we really need to lay the foundation of who we are, what's important to us, and discover what we need to do with our life, because then we're going to be able to pop into our hyperfocus. As always, you're listening to ADHD for Smartass Women. If you like what you're hearing, I would so appreciate if you drop us a review. If you have a comment, a guest you'd like me to interview, or a topic idea, feel free to contact me. If you go to my website at tracyoutsuka.com, Click on podcast in the navigation bar. There's a microphone right there in the header where you can leave me an audio message. You can also reach out to me at Tracy at tracyoutsuka.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. If you liked what you heard, we sure would appreciate a review. And not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, well, that's also the name of our free Facebook group. Go look it up. We're a totally smartass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. We'd love to have you join us. You can also find all my details over at tracyoutsuka.com. Don't forget, I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.